Welcome into the weekend edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. We're going to do this every once in a while, a little best of the week show. So uh, a reminder, though, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, videos, YouTube, Rumble, wherever. So uh, here we go. The first ever best of the week edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. That's right, UCLA's Chip Kelly leaving the Bruins to become the head coach. I'm sorry, not the head coach. Chip Kelly's leaving UCLA to become the offensive coordinator yeah, good Lord. The offensive coordinator at Ohio State. What an embarrassment for UCLA. I mean, when you talk about what UCLA is a program, this is supposed to be the start of the glory days of UCLA football. You're going to the Big Ten. Everybody's excited. Now, it's no secret that UCLA has had some financial issues in the past. You're going to the Big Ten. You're going to make boatloads of money. You have Chip Kelly, a legendary coach who's built that program into something that at least can be competitive in the Big Ten. Nope. Nope. Not only does he want to leave, he goes to a program, takes a lesser title, that is going to be in the same conference. If that's not a massive indictment of UCLA, not just the football team, but the athletic department, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. If you're UCLA right now, you've got to be looking in the mirror going, what are we getting ourselves into? What are we getting ourselves into? Our head coach who was pretty darn good, is leaving to become a coordinator in the same conference. Now, I know UCLA folks and and other people will say, well, yeah, Chip was looking around. He was looking around to to maybe go take a coordinator job at the NFL. Yeah, and I think everybody knows that's the case. And like Jeff Halfley at Boston College, Getting out of the college team, uh, college world right now to go to the NFL for a guy like Chip Kelly, who it's no secret does not like recruiting, that makes sense. He's still going to have to recruit at Ohio State. In fact, he might have to recruit more at Ohio State. So this is not the same as Chip Kelly looking around to go to the NFL to change what his job responsibilities are. This is Chip Kelly with the double-barrel middle finger to UCLA, the institution. 
not his players, not the team, not just the athletic department, to the entire institution. If you're a UCLA fan, you have to be absolutely despondent at this. Look, UCLA to me, UCLA has always been one of those programs and Texas A&M has been this to me. The Arizona schools are like this to me where you just want to shake them and be like, why aren't you better at football? Why can't you be good? And now Chip Kelly is sitting there like, we can't. We can't be good. There's nothing we can do. This is just a dark, dark day for a UCLA program that should be full of momentum, that has all the momentum going to the Big Ten, all the momentum going toward the Big Ten payday. And yet your head coach leaves to become an offensive coordinator in the same conference. Just awful. Now, on the flip side, this has to be discussed as well because Ohio State made a mistake. Ohio State made a big mistake, and that is when it hired Bill O'Brien to be its offensive coordinator. That is, that's, that's inexcusable. And I said that when, when this went down, Ohio State hiring Bill O'Brien, that it was going to prevent Ohio State from being a true national championship contender. It'd probably make the playoff. Maybe make the playoff, actually, I should say, the 12-team playoff. But Bill O'Brien's a joke as an offensive coordinator. That never made sense. Now, obviously, he's moving up uh, in job status title. But if you're an Ohio State fan, you got to be looking around going, look, I know some folks thought that was a good hire, Bill O'Brien. It wasn't. And now you're going to replace him with Chip Kelly. Bill O'Brien doesn't like to recruit. Chip Kelly doesn't like to recruit. They both like to coach offense and just coach ball. One of them's good at it. One of them's not. And now you got the one that's good at it. And when you look at what Chip Kelly can bring to that team, I know that the obvious response would be, well, you know what? He's going to make Will Howard great because Will Howard can run. I've said it before. Will Howard's not going to start at Kansas State. He's not going to start at Ohio State. There's a reason he's at Ohio State. It's because he lost the job at Kansas State. It's not because he's good. But what Chip Kelly can do and what Chip Kelly will do is tailor his offense to any one of these quarterbacks. Maybe it's Julian Sayan. I think Devin's out. Maybe it's Aaron Nolan. But what I think you can expect is a, a quarterback position that will be well-coached a quarterback position that will benefit greatly from an ability not just to run three-yard swing passes all day long. So if you're Ohio State, you got to love this. You have to be thrilled with what's going on. You know him, you love him, Michael Bratton. SEC Mike, that SEC podcast joining us here on the show. Man, it's great to have you on. You know, I've seen you go from SDS to now doing this independently. It's awesome to see your career uh, jump like that. And uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Barrett. And, uh, you know, it's it's something. I mean, I, I've got nothing, no association with uh, Smothered and Covered, but it 
it brings tears to my my little black heart, Barrett, that uh, that that you're bringing it back because I've said it publicly. I'll say it here on your platform, but it is one of the shows that inspired me to to do my own show. I listened to every episode. I loved it for years. I was devastated when it went away, and I'm just so thankful that you're back. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to help you in any way. And, and it's it's like a dream come true to, to go from a guy that just listens to a show to actually get to be on it. Uh, this this is <laughs> the honor's all mine. Well, I appreciate it. And look, it's it's interesting because when I started this back, um, you know, it, it and, and a lot of people are in this space, right? It's kind of over. People say it's oversaturated, and they ask me, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Look, you know." There's no such thing as oversaturated. You know, we're all in this together. This is not like terrestrial radio when we're competitors. If people like my show, they're going to go to your show. They're going to go to Pate's show. They're going to go to JD's show. And uh, it's it's interesting how different this is. And so, um, you know, it's, it's great to have you on. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful um, with your kind words because this is this is a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to this chat. First things first, let's look at your power rankings. You can see these pinned to the top of your Twitter profile. And so let's talk a little bit about this because, um, you know, everybody loves power rankings. Everyone says they hate power rankings. They hate preseason (laughs) polls. The truth of the matter is they love them, and that's why we do them. No surprise with Georgia, number one. But let's talk Ole Miss. And and for the people who have watched the first four episodes of the show, they know exactly how I feel about Ole Miss. So let's break it down. What, What do you love about Lane Kiffin's Rebels? Well, first of all, let me start very briefly on, because I think you mentioned it there. A lot of people, power rankings, it's not like I invented this or anything, but the way I do it, Team A meets Team B on a neutral field, that's that's the only criteria I use for these power mm-hmm. rankings. So I don't care where the game's played. And, and sometimes, you know, let's say, let's say Ole Miss lost to Alabama in Bryant-Denny by one point. I may turn around and still have Ole Miss ranked higher than Alabama. So, I, you know, some people get sure. up in arms about that, but that's that's the only criteria I have. So I, I wanted to, to put that out there flatly. So, yeah, Ole Miss, why, why do I like them? I mean, continuity I think is huge. A- everyone gets lost in, in all the additions they've had via NIL and, and free agency, as Lane Kiffin calls it, which they were some massive additions, no doubt. But I think even more important – is getting Jackson Dart back, getting Trey Harris back, uh, getting key offensive linemen back, staff continuity. There's there's just so many things. And I think Ole Miss, for years, Barrett, I've heard people in our space and fans just saying, you cannot build a program like this. You cannot build a roster that will compete at the highest level doing this one-year free agency. Well, now we're looking around, and, and that, that seems to be the, the, the best way to I was going to gonna say, it. that's the norm, right? <laughs> right. But Lane Kiffin, to his credit, he was among the first to, to actually do it. And I think that has given them a, a heads up on, on how to tackle you know these, these big additions. Should we wait? Should we go in now? Should we throw in all our chips? And I, th- I just it looks to me like everybody associated with Ole Miss, whether it's in the program, outside the program, the NIL, the collective – they're all pushing their chips in for 2024, and Nick Saban stepping away, the, the, the one guy they couldn't Doors beat. Doors open. <laughs> and not just not just them. I mean, heck, hardly anybody could beat Nick Saban. But the fact that he's out now, it, it opens it up all the more for uh, Ole Miss this season. 
I'm with you. I 100% agree with you. And when we give our early 12-team playoff predictions, I had to do it when I was still at CBS the day after the national championship game. And uh, there were a lot of people pissed off about that uh, with different aspects of it. But I put Ole Miss in the 12-team college football playoff. And I assume at number two in your power rankings that you do as well. But let me ask you this. Is Ole Miss capable of actually winning the college football playoff this year? I mean, I certainly think it's going to be difficult, but I've gone Barrett, from saying Ole Miss should be a playoff contender to Ole Miss should be a national championship contender. So I do think they're in the conversation. They're, they're going to need some breaks, certainly, I would think. I, I don't think they have the depth of Georgia, of Ohio State, and possibly even Alabama, which I have, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to. But I, I just think that, you know, as long as key players don't get injured, it, it's fascinating to see, Barrett. I mean, all due respect to to blue chip ratio and, and you know, the past 10 years of the playoffs says this and the, the, the years of the BCS says this. People argue with that uh, to me. And I say, oh, that's all garbage. I mean, that's great that you've done all the data and you've done the research, but we don't know. We don't know what it's going to take to win the 12-team college football playoff because it's literally never been done. And yeah. I think the transfer portal and I think NIL has proven that as, as great as the blue chip ratio and all that has been for years, it, you're starting to see, I don't want to say irrelevant because clearly Georgia and, and Alabama, I mean, teams that fit into that category are still major contenders. But how do you explain TCU getting in the national championship? And I, and I realize their path was much more uh, easier than an SEC team, but how do you explain Cincinnati Washington? Got to the playoff. Cincinnati. I mean, there's many examples that that college football has has changed, and I think that's great for the sport. I agree with you. And the, as far as the blue chip ratio goes, you know, these players get reevaluated and get different star ratings as members of the transfer portal, and so I think that needs to be factored. And there's no formula for that yet. We haven't figured out a formula for that yet. All right, let's get back to your power rankings. Because I agree with you with Ole Miss. I disagree with you when a couple... And look, this is what makes this sport great. You can call me an idiot. I can call you an idiot. And we're all friends at the end, right? It's a feature, not a bug. Uh, Alabama 3, Texas number 4. I have Texas number uh, 4. Actually, I have Texas number 2, Ole Miss 3, Alabama 4. So clearly you're still buying a little bit about Texas, what Texas is selling. But why are they behind Alabama in your power ring? Well, I, I love the fact that, uh, you know, Sarkeesian does have it rolling, but I still, and I, I seem to be on an island on this one, Barrett, but I still question <laughs> what, how elite Steve Sarkeesian is as, as a head coach. And okay, it's fair to say that, that they're, they, he, you know, I think he's as good as he's ever been. So that, that's a fair argument sure. as well. But if you just look at his record against top 25, you look at his record against uh, teams with, you know, he's been a head coach, I think, for 10 seasons. Yeah. He's got two where he's won more than eight games, I believe. So, yeah. again, that does that mean anything for 2024? Not necessarily, because, again, Texas, I think his, his latest Texas team was the best team he had. So I have, I have some reservations about Sarkeesian losing a ton of uh, skill talent. Now, they have turned around and, and replaced them via yeah. the transfer portal. So I, I think it's easy to sit here and say, you know, they'll insert this guy, they'll insert that guy, it'll be fine, but... We know it doesn't necessarily play out that way. It's, it's you know, how will these guys fit into the system and, and things of that nature? So 
Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think there's going to be some reservations there. I know they, they lost their big defensive tackles, both going to be high-profile NFL draft picks potentially. And I just think going into the week-to-week -week grind of the SEC, I don't know if Texas is ready for it. It's going to be fascinating because I think Steve has the right mindset and he's got the right blueprint. And I think they can win the line of scrimmage already, which is big. That's why they won that Alabama game in week two. They won the line of scrimmage. They basically were built like an SEC team as still members of the Big 12. Now, I think what's interesting to me, and, and this is a tricky question because it's hypothetical. I think we all assume Alabama is going to kill it in the spring transfer portal. Right now, they don't have a team that can compete. Just right this very second, they don't have a team that can compete. But they're going to kill it in the transfer portal. If they do, do you think you could rank them number two or even number one based on the staff that Kalen DeBoer has hired? Yeah, perhaps. And that's why I still have Alabama so high, Barrett, because I believe in the staff. And I listen to people like Dave Bartu who, who – rank these coaches mm -hmm. just, just based on the data. And, and he says Caleb DeBoer is essentially the top on-the-field coach, not not recruiting, not staffing, but results on the field, yeah. arguably the top head coach in the country. So if he can live up to that, it, it you know, it's, it's different. We've had a lot of quote-unquote great coaches come into the SEC, and they get exposed as – as not being so great. I, I don't Brian think we're going <laughs> to. <laughs> I mean, the, it's a long, long list. So, Kalen DeBoer could be next to be exposed by the SEC. I don't think he will. And, and I get it. They've lost an incredible amount of talent, particularly high-profile talent. But this is still a top-10 roster, probably much better than that, probably a top-5, 6 roster in all of college mm -hmm. football. You combine that with an elite head coach. You combine that with, I think they've upgraded assuming Ryan Grubb stays on staff. I think they've they've upgraded at both offense and defensive coordinator. So yes, I, I, I think the coaching will be significantly better. And it may take some time, Barrett. I, I understand, and, and I, I believe they should be underdogs at home against Georgia. But thankfully, in this new 12-team format, losing one game is not going to kill you. And, and it, if, if they lose, then who knows? They may beat Georgia. But if they don't, it's not going to eliminate them from anything. I, I expect they'll be in playoff contention, national championship contention all season long. It'll be interesting to see. Okay, number 10, Florida. I mean, Florida fans have to be looking at this going, God, why? How can this be? Because there's not an argument, right? Like, they look at that, that, uh, that, that your rankings and they're like, okay, yeah, we, we should be behind Florida. We should be behind Texas A&M and LSU. The schedule does no favor to Billy Napier. And, you know, let's take the schedule into account. I, I, I always, I don't like necessarily putting a number value on what coach ne X needs to do to keep a job because seven and five and eight and four, they can look completely different from each other. A seven and five, you know, is completely different if Billy Napier does it this year than it would be if, if he did it next year or whatever. But what should, what do Florida fans need to see to be excited about the future? Is there one or two things that you can look at and say, okay, record aside, this, these two things, these three things need to happen for fans to really jump back on board the Billy Napier bandwagon? Well, Barrett, the funny thing is I put Florida 10th, and I think this is the one I got the most pushback on. <laughs> How in the world can they not be lower? I mean, yeah, right? even Florida fans are, are they're done with, with Napier, not all of them, but a, a, a large swath of Florida fans already turning the page 
to whoever the next coach could be. I mean, I, I don't think there was anybody more upset that Jed Fish left Arizona than Florida fans because that's who they have <laughs> circled as their next head coach, but that's a different story. I, I'm not there yet, Barrett, and I, I realize the, the, the schedule is brutal, and, and that's what everybody looks at. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Brad Powers' work, uh, sure. but yeah. he's, a, he's a professional handicapper. He's one of the best out there. And I, I said, I, you know, I put the over-under at six wins for the Gators this year, and he said – Buddy, with this schedule, this is the <laughs> toughest schedule I have seen in in his 15 years being a Las Vegas handicapper. He said, "A top, an average top 20 team, is would go six and six on this schedule." Which no. I think we can agree, Barrett. Florida is not a top 20 team. Not today. They could be by the end of the season. But uh, hope for for Florida fans. I mean, I heck, I was among the many that uh, kind of mocked the addition of of Graham Mertz. That that made no sense to me. I he thought, did it right. uh, yeah, I mean, he was not spectacular, but he was not a disaster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was steady. He was steady Eddie for them. And I, I realized losing Trevor ETN. I mean, that that's a big blow, particularly where yeah. he went. But uh, I think they're going to be fine at running back. They've got several talented runners. That's Billy Napier's bread and butter. I know there's been some consternation among the Florida fan base to get Billy Napier a play caller, but. Quite frankly, I thought the offense, you know, was was quite well last year, and and yeah, you 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 end the season five straight losses. That's ugly. It's it's hard to 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 make a case to why that was promising. But again, it was, it was much like this upcoming schedule. It, it was the most brutal part of the schedule. They never gave up. They were in basically every game. I mean, they they could have beat LSU, but they basically handed Jaden Daniels the Heisman that night. Uh, Missouri, <laughs> that game went down right down to the wire. Missouri just won 11 games. Flor had their quarterback not gotten hurt, maybe they beat Florida State. Of course, Florida State's quarterback got hurt too. So I, I don't know. I, I see some optimism there. Austin Armstrong, year two. I'm, I'm a big believer in, in year two of a scheme. You generally see a, a, a bump. And all they need is, is Florida to just not be awful on defense, which is what they have been, quite frankly, and bringing in Ron Roberts to be kind of a co-DC linebackers coach. He's worked with Napier. He's worked with Austin Armstrong. It seems like that staff continuity will, will be there. And, you know, losing Corey Raymond, again, that's that's another one that on paper looks bad. But Corey Raymond's a, a, a great recruiter, but it, it doesn't seem like he's he's been coaching up his defensive backs that well. It, it, Look no further than than where LSU has been the last couple of years in the secondary, and where Florida has been in the secondary the last couple of years. Last thing, Mike, what do Auburn fans need to see from Hugh Freeze in year two? Because I I don't think they should stay with Peyton Thorne. I think they should still hit the portal after spring practice. Uh, what what constitutes a good year? What constitutes a year where there's some excitement on the planes? Mm. Well, Barrett, I, it seemed like the, the the same talking point was made endlessly last offseason when it came to Auburn was, you know, this will be a underwhelming team, but you got to watch Hugh Freeze because he always gets yeah. somebody, right? And he nearly, nearly got Georgia, should have got Alabama. So, I mean, maybe there's some fairness to it, but could have, should have, would have. I mean, that bowl game, and I realize fans don't generally care about bowl games. They care about them, Barrett, when they get embarrassed by exactly. Maryland in a game that, uh, yeah, again, you lose that, that's fine. But if you, you basically no-show it, that's that's where you got an issue. And I just don't know what to make of Hugh Freeze right now, Barrett, because because what is he? I, I call him Gus Malzahn with baggage. I mean, that's, that's essentially <laughs> what he is. And that's, 
you know, that's not totally being disrespectful because, you know, Gus Malzahn's a good coach too. But I, I don't know. I don't know what is the selling point there. I mean, they, I, I realize they did really well in, in high school recruiting, but in today's modern college football, I think that's about worthless, Barrett, because if they go five and seven, six and six next season, I mean, some of those guys are probably going to hit the portal. And so what, so what was the point of that? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I realize you have to, you have to bring in touted high school recruits to, to improve your program, but why not do it with the portal as well? It's, I, I don't know. It's, it's like an old school approach for a, for a new age of college football. I don't know how this is going to work. I, what we need to see, we need to see, not see these dud performances. Why are we getting up for Georgia and Alabama, but we can't get up for New Mexico state and Maryland. I mean that to me, that's coaching, right? So We've got to get that turned around. And the fact that, uh, you know, it basically blew up his coaching staff, which maybe some of that was not his something that he wanted to do, but something he had to do. It, it almost feels like a year zero. And, and at Auburn, with the fans, with the support, with, <laughs> with the talent they have, I mean, I, I don't think you could really sell that to an Auburn fan that, that, that we're so bad that we had to have a year zero. And I realized Harson was awful. But again, Lane Kiffin. Josh Heupel, coaches like this, they come in and they can they turn the thing around pretty quickly these days. Heck, even Shane Beamer and, and uh, Sam Pittman managed to do it, but of course those are not necessarily uh, going so well right now. So the, maybe not the best examples, but we we got to see more consistency. I think from Auburn, I think that's the key. As an Auburn alum, I can guarantee you, patience is not something that we uh, tend to have a lot of. <laughs> On the planes. Mike, appreciate you hopping on that SEC podcast. You can follow yourself or you can follow Mike, Michael W. Bratton. Anything else you want to plug uh, before we uh, before we hang up the headsets here? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, we're on YouTube now. That's blowing up that SEC podcast on all pl- platforms. But truly, Barrett, this was an honor being on Smothered and Covered. This is, like I said, I'm, I'm not blowing smoke. This is one of the select few shows that inspired my show. So this this is a real treat for me. Well, I uh, appreciate the con- kind words. Mike, appreciate it, and uh, have a great uh, Tuesday. Absolutely. You too, Barrett. Georgia fans all up in arms because news broke a couple days ago that ESPN personality Kirk Herbstreet steered five-star quarterback Dylan Rayola away from Georgia. He was a Georgia commit to Matt Rule and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I would say the biggest signee that Nebraska has received ever in terms of star rankings, but, you know, in terms of on-field impact, that remains to be seen. But when you look at this situation, I'm friends with Kirk Herbstreet. He's a great dude. And I'm trying to take my personal feelings towards him out of this. Because when you when you look when you talk to Kirk, he he only cares about the game. He cares about the game. And you know, Ohio State fans have have used him as you know their their mouthpiece, and Michigan fans hate him in the past. And it seems like everybody has had a love hate relationship with with Kirk at at one point based on what he's saying. This is not a big deal, Georgia fans. It's not a big deal that Kirk Herbstreet was asked advice by his friend and discussed the future of Dylan Rayola 
with a guy who has a relationship. Now let's go back a little bit. Dominic Rayola and Kirk Herbstreit are friends. They have a personal relationship, right? And Dominic talks to Kirk about the possibility that Dylan could flip from Georgia to Nebraska. Cool. That happens all the time. And according to Dominic, Kirk said, dude, this is true. You got to do it. He got to do it. Now, Kirk went on Paul Feinbaum's show on Thursday and said, of course, I did not try to sell Nebraska or tell anybody not to go to Georgia. That's the most ridiculous thing that anybody would try to do. I did compliment Matt Rule. If I'm guilty of anything, it's that I said Matt Rule is a good coach and he's a good man, and I believe he will bring Nebraska back the way he did with Temple and Baylor. What's the problem? What's the problem? I like Matt Rule, too. I think he's a phenomenal, phenomenal head coach. And I think more importantly, a phenomenal man. Now, full discretion, my wife is a travel agent, totally unrelated from Coastal Vibe Vacations, which sponsors this show. But she planned Matt Rule's Disney trip last year. Maybe it was a couple of years ago. Matt's a great dude. And I agree with Kurt. And if somebody asked me, hey, you know what? My kid's thinking about going to Nebraska. What do you think of Nebraska? I'd say the same exact thing that Kirk Herbstreet said. Does it mean I hate Georgia? No. Does it mean I'm out to get Kirby smart? No. Does it mean anything other than me discussing the sport of college football with a person that I have a relationship with? No, that's all it means. That's all it means. If you think that Kirk Herbstreet can dictate a decision of an 18-year-old, 17, 18-year-old young man based on what he thinks of a program and its coach, you are out of your freaking mind. You're crazy. That's not how any of this works. Look, I, I live in Metro Atlanta, right? There are... High school, you throw a rock outside my door, you'll hit five stars all over the place, right? And a lot of them have lived in my neighborhoods. I've lived in massive neighborhoods. Like the neighborhood I live in right now has over a thousand homes. And there are some really good dudes. Actually, two guys who signed with North Carolina last year. A couple of the side with Georgia. Not only in this neighborhood, but in the one I lived in in the past. And I had relationships with their parents. I have relationships with them. And if they were to come to me and say, hey, what do you think of this team? What do you think of that team? Do you like this coach? Yeah. No, I hate him. I love him. Whatever. That's a conversation you have personally. So if Kirk Kirk Street told Dominic that he likes Matt Rule, so what? What's the problem? Georgia fans, I love you. There are a lot of you around. There are there's one right there next door. That way, actually, next door. I don't know if he's upset about this. You shouldn't be. But chill TF out. Dylan's not with you. You know who is? Carson Beck. You know who will be? Gunnar Stockton. You know who will be after him? Or even with him? Five-star quarterback X. That's coming in through the transfer portal or through high school recruiting. It will be fine. So I, I just... it. These type of things for people in our industry are frustrating. 
because, and I, I know this, especially with Kirk, because he is my friend and I feel the same way too. All I care about is the sport. All I care about is the sport. I want the sport to be healthy. And you know, what's healthy for the sport? Dylan Raiola going to Nebraska, bringing Nebraska back. You know, what's all the, also healthy for the sport. Dylan Raiola going to Georgia and continuing the line of excellent teams in Georgia. Both of those things are good for the sport. And that's all we care about. That's all I care about. And trust me, with my personal relationship with Kirk, that's all he cares about too. So it's just an off-season storyline. It's just something to yell about. People love to think that people in our industry are biased one way or the other. No, it's not the case. It really isn't. All we want is a sport to be healthy. And that's all Kirk was saying here. And he had a personal relationship with Matt Rule. Matt Rule's a great guy. He is. Doesn't mean I'm out to get anybody, but it's the truth. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.